Our first reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah. It's the song of the vineyard. I will sing for the one I love a song about this vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up and cleared it of the stones and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower in it and cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem and people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than what I have done for it? When I looked for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Now I will tell you what I'm going to do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. It will be destroyed. I will break down its walls and it will be trampled. I will make it a wasteland, neither pruned nor cultivated, and briars and thorns will grow there. I will command the clouds not to rain on it. The vineyard of the Lord Almighty is the nation of Israel, and the people of Judah are the vines he delighted in. And he looked for justice, but saw bloodshed, for righteousness, but heard cries of distress. That's our first reading. Our second reading is from the book of Hebrews. Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters related to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weaknesses. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins, as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him and was designated by God to be the high priest in the order of Melchizedek. That's our second reading. Now we come to our gospel reading for today from the book of John, the 17th chapter. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, 
but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by truth. Your word is truth. That is our gospel reading. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Happy Sunday, everybody. Jesus is praying for his disciples. He knew what was coming in the days ahead. He knew that he would be taken away. He knew that them as disciples, as human beings, even though they knew that Jesus was going to come back, he knew that they would be sorrowful and they would be sad when Jesus left them. Jesus also recognized the fact that they needed some protection. And that's why Jesus is fervently praying for them. And he prays for everybody who believes in him and in the Father who are one and the same. Jesus prayed for protection. In verses 11 and 12, Jesus prayed, Am I no longer in this world? I am no longer in this world, but they are still in this world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except for the one that was doomed to destruction to fulfill the scriptures. Jesus is praying to keep them in the name of Jesus Christ and of the Father. He's saying, keep your, basically Jesus is saying to the Father, keep your eye on them. Guard them. Protect them. Because they're going to need it. Jesus was praying for our sanctification. To sanctify something is set apart for something special. To sanctify a person. To make them holy. As we live out our lives here on this planet, we are to live out our lives as being holy individuals. But unfortunately, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken society and we need all the prayers that we can get from Jesus Christ. 
and from each other. And the support from God and the support of each other. Because you see, it is through the truth of Jesus that we are made holy. Jesus also prayed for the mission. You can kind of call that perhaps the Great Commission. We are to go out into the world. You know, each one of us here, we talk about a mission, each one of us here has special gifts. And it gets challenging as to, well, what am I supposed to do for a mission of the church? What is your special gift? Some people have the gift of gab, if I may say that, and can talk. Talk in front of people. Some people have great gifts of being able to cook. And I tell you what, over here you have some fantastic cooks. People have the ability to do, coordinate things. To get this building addition done took a tremendous amount of coordination among special people that have gifts. You see, so many people have special gifts. And that's part of our mission, is to use those gifts to the glory of God. Just as we are all uniquely and wonderfully made, so we are uniquely and wonderfully gifted. And we are to use our gifts to the glory of God. We are to use our God-given mission often to tie areas that we enjoy at and to use it to whatever we possibly can. Some people can talk to youth and be able to communicate with them. Some people like to talk to the elderly and communicate with them. There's so many ways of communicating. It's just awesome what we can do as a mission of the church. Jesus prayed for our unity. Oh boy. <laughs> what is unity? Unity of a church, unity of a community, unity of a state, of a nation, of the world. Jesus instructed us to love our neighbors as ourselves. But yet, we are separated sometimes by the powers of this world that we live in. And that's what we have to be careful. See, Jesus is trying to unite us. Somebody's trying to divide us. And we have that constant conflict in our lives in our family lives, in our community, in our churches, no matter what it is, somebody is trying to stir up trouble, aren't they? And that's when we have to become strong and say, I will not submit to trouble. I will not give in to temptation. I will live according to the will of God because that's what Jesus is praying for and he wants us to follow him and not the way of this world. People are watching. You see, as followers of Christ, and when we can't get along, people are looking and saying, hmm, what kind of a 
God do they worship because all they do is fight amongst themselves. We disagree. And then we have conflict. Oh, and Jesus was lucky to get out of this world. <laughs> I have to say that because this world is just full of turmoil. But he was praying for, he's praying for the disciples, he's praying for us to try to be unified. I mean, there is no such thing as a perfect church. We know that. Why? Because we live in a broken world with broken people, broken because of sin. If we found the perfect church, it would be great, but, you know, we are here. And we're the next thing to perfection right here because we have God in our midst. We believe in him. We're going to take communion. We're going to be communing with Jesus Christ, with his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. That is God's perfection gift to us. Therefore, we do have a sense of perfection. When we live together in unity, loving each other as Christ has loved us, it makes it so much better to live out a life of happiness. Challenges every day. We need to be realize that God is for us. God is always on our side. And some of the themes that we talk about here in Jesus' message for today is that one thing is that God is glorified. Because of Jesus' love for his Father and his love for us, he endured the cross that he was about to bear. And he knew that. These were his final days coming up. He knew what was coming ahead of him. He also knew that the disciples, the 11 remaining that were going to be there, were going to be martyred by people. He knew that those disciples were going to be challenged in everyday living. They hid out after Jesus had died, hiding, fearful of the authorities. Nevertheless, Jesus came to them. Remember what he said when he walked through the door? Peace, I give you. Peace, he gives us. He gives us that peace. And what are we doing with that peace? Are we using that peace? Or are we just ignoring it? Sometimes when there's conflict, you know, I've, as I seem to be getting older, I keep thinking of things in this world that, you know what? We just need to get over it. There's no reason to be arguing, no reason to be having conflict, no reason to just, you know, just so something doesn't happen right. I, I, we had a little incident last night, and I text Jesslyn afterwards, I says, you know, Jesslyn, I says, it all worked out well. Somebody came in right when we closed at the Dairy Queen. I had to work last night for my wife. And so they were kind of upset that here we had this one person coming in, and, or actually a little family, and so we had to we serve them. And they sat inside. We should have had them leave with their food, but they, one person didn't do that, so everybody else was upset because 
here they're in there. And I said, you know, it worked out. While they're sitting there eating, we're still cleaning, we're still working, we're getting our work done. They're not over there destroying everything, they're just having their food, they're eating it. So it worked out. No reason to get upset, no reason to get mad. Nobody's perfect. And it worked out. And so that's what we have to do sometimes reiterate those words, say, it's okay. It worked out. And sometimes if it doesn't work out, it's still okay. Because there are just things we cannot control. I was talking to, I don't remember who I was talking to this morning. Oh, yeah, if we control the weather, if we control the rain, what kind of chaos would we have in this world if people would control rain instead of God? Oh, my word. It's a good thing God is in control. It's a good thing we have a loving God up there. Jesus glorified God on earth by finishing the work that God gave him to do, and that's by revealing God's power through Jesus Christ. And that we may have eternal life. According to John's gospel, eternal life comes from a relationship with an eternal God. And eternal life is now. You start planning for it now. You start preparing for it now by by making yourself better. By loving one another. Eternal life begins now, not after you die. Because it's time that you realize what you're doing towards God, what you're doing for God, and what you're doing about your life, and what you're doing for every people, everybody around you as well. God is great. Eternal life is coming. And it's like somebody said, there's a heaven, there's a hell. We're going to one of those two places. Our plan is to go up to heaven. Because that's where Jesus Christ is at. And to be able to be one. We talked about Christian unity, about being together. You know, our unity here on this planet has certainly has not lived up to Jesus' expectation. Peter actually bailed on Jesus. Remember, he denied Jesus three times. Paul and Barnabas parted ways halfway through the book of Acts. And us, if you check on us, Oh boy, we're challenged in everyday life. But you know what? We will get over it. It's not that bad. God is still in control. God is still up in heaven. He is down here among us. Jesus, remember what he told the disciples? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you alone. I will send you an advocate. He sent the advocate to them. He sends it to us as well, the Holy Spirit that is in work in each one of us so that we can have that unity and love in the body of Christ. And how will people know that we are Christians? They will know we are Christians by our love, which incidentally is our closing hymnal for the day as well. They will know by our love. As we come to the close of Jesus' prayer, we must turn our focus to our own prayers. How shall we pray? What if we spent less time praying about being right and more time about being one and unified? 
What if we spent more time praying for the grace to love those who may be difficult to love? And I'm sure every one of us here has individuals in our lives that are difficult to like or love. How do we deal with them? We deal with them through prayer, through Jesus Christ. What if we spent more time praying for the opportunities to show God's love to others? See, we're not here to be rich and famous. We're here to be humble and loving and kindness. Just as Jesus came to be a servant, we too are to be a servant of God. We ask God to glorify us, to make us holy, to sanctify us. I hope that for each one of us here today, we can experience a loving relationship with God, not just when we're sitting here in the pews and getting all excited, but also as we leave the building and go into our cars and go home and and into our communities as well, where we may be living and what we're doing and at the grocery store and everywhere we go. When we go into a store, do we? How many of you have patients standing in line? And if we're having a difficult having patients standing in line, then maybe we need to evaluate ourselves. Okay, I don't have patience to do this, so maybe I better get some patience. Unfortunately, they don't have pills for that. You have to do that on your own. You have to make yourself be patient. And how do you do that? Lord, give me patience. And we have to do that. I have to do that. I'm one of those that, I'm getting better. I will say I'm getting much better being patient. It's just like, well, you know what? What are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do about it. It's just the way it is. You're not going to budge in line. You're not going to try to force your way in. You're just going to have to be patient and say, okay, well, when I get up there, I'll be happy. I'll put a smile on my face and I'll greet the teller and have, tell them a nice, have them, tell them they're having a wonderful day. Tongue twister. Sometimes it's always a challenge even to talk. But nevertheless, it'll be fine. We get over it. We love each other. We're here because we are Christians and they will know that we are Christians by our love. Thank God for sending Jesus into the world. Thank God for, for the life of Jesus and for the prayer that Jesus gave us today. I want to read that again from John 17 and maybe it'll give us a different insight as to what Jesus is praying about there after we talked about it. Jesus says, I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. And I'm coming to you. Holy Father, 
Protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe. That name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction so that scripture should be fulfilled. I'm coming to you now. But I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. And when you have the truth, what more can you have? The love of God be with you today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your lives. Eternal life is coming. Be prepared. Amen. May the grace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ. Amen.